Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson, and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced, and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. Courage and bravery are important um, for you to be your true authentic self. And I think being able to show vulnerability and humility, uh, you don't have to pretend to be something that you're not or that you're not comfortable in. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Emma Botfield. Emma's the Managing Director for UK and Ireland at RS Components, a trading brand of electro components. Emma joined RS... No, stop, 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 stop. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Emma Botfield. Emma's the Managing Director for the UK and Ireland at RS Components. Emma joined RS in 2014 as Director of Sales and Customer Operations. Prior to that, Emma held a number of various commercial and transformational roles within companies like BT Global. Emma is a Six Sigma black belt and executive level coach who has a passion for raising the bar to deliver outcomes. Emma joins us today to share her insight as a leader and a human CEO. Thank you for joining us today, Emma. It's great to have you with us. Great to be here and I'm really looking forward to having a good conversation. Yeah, me too. Me too. So can you tell us a little bit about your organisation and what it's working towards, please? Yes, absolutely. So RS Group probably aren't a household name to many. We are a product and technology um, solutions provider, um, an omni-channel solutions provider to industrial customers across the globe. And we serve and partner every vertical sector you can imagine from NHS to food factories to Ministry of Defence to small businesses um, supporting manufacturing. Um, We are very much a purpose-led organisation and our purpose is around making amazing happen for a better world. Um, And, you, you know, often people can have these great words but it's something we truly believe in Um, and we've you know implemented a leadership framework that is that we want our leaders to lead with trust humility and passion Um, so that's a little bit about who we are and what we stand for fantastic and and so you've been with the organization for it's coming up eight years isn't it eight years yeah eight years um uh, and i've thoroughly enjoyed it Uh, you know i tell this story to everyone i was only 10 intending to stay a year just to get some experience of a different organization our um ceo joined lindsley ruth and i truly believed in his ambition passion and vision and thought you know what this feels like it's going to be an exciting ride so here i am still (laughs) <laughs> so now the manager director of UK and Ireland, that's correct, isn't it? That's correct, yes. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. And, and so what kind of challenges are you up against as, as a leader in that organisation at that stage in its life cycle, working with those type of clients? Yeah. So within industrial distribution, typically, um, I'd say the challenge for the industry as a whole, mm-hmm. and that applies to our customers and to our suppliers and to our competitors is around diversity and inclusion. Okay. You know, there is an ageing population um, in engineering and manufacturing, and that's well documented, I think, and and talked about in in many areas. Um, So we need to attract people into manufacturing, into engineering, into distribution, 
mm-hmm. um, because we have to evolve and stay relevant. So um, that is the biggest challenge because the next generation look, think, feel very different and we need to adapt and be agile and flexible mm-hmm. um, if, if we are going to evolve as an industry, as an organisation. Absolutely. Um, and what steps what steps can you take in order to become more attractive to those the, the next generation that's coming through? Um, I think you, you have to take positives out of every bad situation. So if we take the pandemic, mm-hmm. you, you know, we all had a traditional way of thinking. There was some homeworking, but we, we absolutely flipped on our head within hours and days in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in, in you know, the technical areas of our business, they'd already had agile working and attraction of talent from across the globe and across Europe because there was a talent scarcity in the UK. I think that's just... Um, encourage us to do it more within all parts of our business. And I think that the other thing, linking back to our purpose, is one of our ESG goals is all about education, inspiring the next generation and championing the next generation of engineers. So they will either come to our business or be customers of our business. Um, and, And it's really important to us. Fantastic. And so so thinking about sort of career paths, can we talk about your career path and your journey into leadership? Because I had a little look at your, obviously, looked at your LinkedIn profile and I can see that you started out financial planning was an interest yeah. and then customer care and developed from there. So was it always the case, were you always looking for a leadership role, do you think, or was it quite an organic process? Uh, my whole career has been an organic process. Um, it, it's, you, you know, funny, you know, when you go through times, where do you see yourself in three, five years? Mm-hmm. You, you know, I think I've always challenged my bosses by going, I'm not sure. Okay. You know, <laughs> um, So if I think back, you, you know, even at school, I was school captain on sports teams. Um, and, and if I think about why, I think it's because I just love being around people and talking to people and f- finding out what makes them tick. You know, at that stage of my life, I didn't know I was doing that, but I just had an interest in people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've worked across diverse um, industries, whether that's financial services, I've worked in public and private sector, um, I've worked for BT in consultancy roles and now where I am. Mm -hmm. I I think it's because um, people showed a belief in me and encouraged me to be myself. And, you know, I've, I've always been a curious person, you, you know, or nosy, you, <laughs> which, whichever way you want to, to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've always liked to find out more, yeah. um, whether that's about business, whether that's about people, whether that's about customers when speaking to customers about their businesses. So I think um, I've had that innate part of me that just enjoyed being around people and I've always been sort of action orientated and results focused Mm -hmm. so I think the one when you add them together my career then just led into being enjoying transformation and leading transformation um, and customers are really important to me because they're people to now being privileged to lead the UK and Ireland market for RS Group. 
Fantastic, fantastic. And, and and are the characteristics, I mean, you spoke about a few of the characteristics there, but are there characteristics that you think all great leaders need in, in business or is it case by case? And what are your thoughts around that? I, I think there are some. I think there are some that all great leaders, especially as the world has evolved and changed, mm-hmm. um, I think especially as youth has a greater voice and want to be heard and stand up for themselves. So I think it has to be all about others rather than self. Yes. Um, if if you're doing it for self-gratification, then I, I don't think that is that that is a key attribute for a great leader. And I think it's about encouraging and optimizing potential, whatever that potential may be. Um, but I also think leaders now have to be able to tell a good story you know, have to have that compelling vision that is real and believable and you have to be able to share the story because if no one wants to hear the story, then they're not going to follow you. Yeah. Um, and, and I think people are very much behind their convictions and purpose and beliefs that they're more readily going to speak up mm-hmm. rather than just go, well, I've got to be safe and secure in my job. I think you know, I have a daughter who's who's 26 and, and her and her friends are more transient in their career because they want to align to leaders that do what they say mm-hmm. and, and the organisations are trying to make a difference. And I think that's really important in leaders now mm-hmm. at any level within an organisation. Yeah. And, and in terms of your style and your approach to leadership and those beliefs that you have, are they shaped on a previous experience or was there a piece of advice that you were given earlier in your career? Um, yes. You, you know, I, I look back on my career and I've had the privilege of working for fantastic leaders, but also some that weren't so good. Okay. And I took just as much from poorer leaders that, that I felt others may may have felt that they were brilliant for their style and personalities mm-hmm. and I took as much from that as I did from great leaders and I think it came down to some things about being yourself and being your true self yeah. um, and understanding yourself in terms of what makes you tick you know what are the triggers for you but also where are your own biases and and where are your own i'm not going to call them blind spots because i think if you're self-aware you know about them but you defer doing anything about it and um and just you you know i used i work best for leaders who encourage me to be curious and authentic um and i I think you know i'm in the latter stages of my career rather than the former ones but I've still got that desire to grow and learn because the world is the world is changing and changing at a faster pace than anyone can believe I think so I've still got that desire to grow and I think every leader needs to have that I learn from new people coming in in the organization irrespective of what level they are Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and you, you know and that's important I do believe Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been doing a bit of reading around reverse mentoring recently because I think that can be massively powerful from, I mean, if you're coming straight from school or college, you still have masses of of value to deliver to organisations just because you haven't got the work experience. You still understand the way that the world works now, the digital natives, reverse mentoring, I think can be really powerful for organisations. And I think it's a tough gig for 
all leaders because more so than ever, I think you're leading multi-generational teams. Uh And and what motivates one part of that team might demotivate another. So to to understand the motivating factors and trying to get that into a cohesive team and unit. um, And that's why I think diversity and inclusion is so, so critical because it's diversity of thought as well. Yes, Um, yeah that is often, you know, looked over briefly, but multi-generational teams, I think when you can get it right, it can be really powerful, yeah, um, but but takes a lot of effort, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah, can do. And, and so you've, I guess <clears throat> in part you started to answer this question, but the next question I wanted to ask you was, is there some advice that you would offer to someone further, you know, further down the career ladder earlier in their career that's looking to get into leadership? Is there advice that you would offer them so if I knew then what I know now. Yeah. <laughs> Courage and bravery. Courage and bravery are important um, for you to be your true authentic self. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think being able to show vulnerability and humility. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to pretend to be something that you're not or that you're not comfortable in. Um, and I think you've got to have some fun. You, you haven't got to be a straight-laced leader that, that, you know, doesn't dare to have fun. But I, I think if I, if I could summarise it, it's around authenticity, integrity, community, focused on purpose and outcomes. Uh, I would go, if you can focus on those things mm-hmm. and develop yourself in those areas, then, then I, I think there's a pathway to leadership in any industry, in any sector, um uh, and you'll be able to fulfill what it is you want yeah absolutely the authenticity is so powerful and i think if we're looking for silver linings from the cloud that was the pandemic i think yeah. it's been a great i'm going to use a pun now but it's it's humanized everybody so going back to the fun going back to the authenticity the leaders did have to in certain circumstances stand there and say i just don't know what we're going to do about this but we're going to figure it out together and it's that humility and authenticity that's almost i mean most circles it was already accepted and expected but it has become much more prevalent which is a great thing that's come from the pandemic Uh, and also vulnerability i think yeah you know i think that that you know in my lifetime people have been worried to show vulnerability but i think yes the pandemic and all the things that have come brexit pandemic um supply chain energy crisis supply chain yeah. everything that's happening at the moment because you you know you've seen people you've looked into people's personal windows whether it's the cats the dogs the babies yeah. and, and and everything else homeschooling trying to juggle yeah how people coped in that isolated, you, you know, you, you just couldn't hide that because no. it was so so intense. And I think people have carried that on, which is a real bonus and benefit because um, yeah. vulnerability, we've, we've all got them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't be afraid to show them, I think. No, no I agree. I agree. And, and in terms of leaders that you particularly admire, and I think, I think I could probably pick a few out based on what we said, but I'd really like to understand if there's a leader, past or present, famous or otherwise, that you particularly admire, and if so, who is it and what is it about them? This is a fantastic question. You, you know, when you really think of it, and I could have answered with a range of famous leaders, mm-hmm. but then I really thought, right, what does admiration mean to me? 
And I think admiration is personal. Mm-hmm. And I'll go back to how does that align with my values and my purpose? So when I say I truly admire someone, what what does that mean? And and I thought, and actually, yeah, I, I really admire Greta Thunberg because she's a hundred percent into her purpose mm-hmm. and her values. And at such a young age when she started, you know wanting to change people's perceptions yes it started with her family but she showed absolute courage Mm -hmm. there was no fear she wanted to take on politicians she wanted to have a feud with donald trump on on twitter Um, and she can absolutely articulate her vision and story Mm -hmm. and get people to listen so i i absolutely admire her and when i think in my own life, in my career, in the 80s, I was working in financial services, heavily male dominated in leadership roles. But I worked for uh, a, a woman called Val Gates. Okay. She was a female executive director, the only female. She was also gay, but she was brave and bold to be her true self. Mm-hmm. She didn't change because of the environment around her. Um, and she encouraged me all the way to just push myself, you yeah. know, a little bit each time to take me out my comfort zone, but always saying, be who you are and what you stand for, Emma. So that really made me think. So two females, they're not purposely females, but they're just two people that really stood out to me um, around really admired leaders. Yeah, great examples and great reasoning as to why you chose those. Thank you for sharing those. And and the other thing I'm always interested to understand is what leaders are reading or consuming from a content perspective. So whether that's a book or a podcast or if you're listening to audio books, what recommendations do you have in terms of books that have either inspired you or you've particularly enjoyed in the past? So, you you know, I am a Simon Sinek fan. Yeah, I do like Mm -hmm. his straight talking, the simplicity of it and, and what he has to say. But there are a couple of books that, that I'm reading at the moment. Um, and, and again, two of them are centred around diversity inclusion because you know it's so important mm-hmm. uh, in the world that we live in, in the world that we work in, and, and I think for future harmonisation. So um, I'm reading one that's called How to Talk to Your Boss About Race, but Speaking Up Without Getting Shut Down. So it's by an author called Yvonne Hutchinson, and it's a really great read because it just makes you stop and think. Mm -hmm. It makes you think about the environment that you're working in, um, the language that you use, um, but also courage again to have frank and effective conversations. So that's um, a real good read if, Mm -hmm. if you're open to looking at yourself i would yeah, say fantastic. just give me the name of the author again please emma so it's e hyphen von mm-hmm. hutchinson fantastic hey, i'll take a look at that i've not come across that before but thank yeah. you which is exactly the reason i asked this question so thank you for that one and was there another one that you were reading yeah, there's there's two more there's two more so um the the other one that i'm reading is the leader's guide to unconscious bias okay um mm-hmm. Because I think there is so much not 
you know, people don't intend to be biased, but it's based on who we are as a human. What do we like? What do we dislike? Um, and that's by Pamela Fuller. Um, and that's a that's a great read. And then the third one, on a more, you know, I'm going on holiday soon, so I've started it to get me into the mindset, is Jay-Z, Made in America. Okay. And it's a bit about his career and what he puts in his songs and, and the points that he likes to make. And actually, he has had a huge influence on the American population when you read the book. So that's that's a fantastic read as well. That's an interesting, that's a really interesting list. Yeah. I, I, going back to the unconscious bias as well, as we, I was reading something similar um, about the way that the, the brain hasn't, evolved in yeah. I can't remember if it was 40,000 yeah, I can't remember the I can't remember the days but biologically our brains haven't evolved beyond that having to be in a tribe and the safety of the tribe and we live in a very different world now and I think that's unconscious bias is something everybody should be looking at D- definitely because it, it formulates the language that you use mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and language can be so emotive but it yeah. can also be that there's unintended consequences to people that you're talking to and you don't even realise it. And, yeah. and um, it, it's just fascinating to bring it to the forefront, I think. Yeah, it, it goes back to what you were saying about emotional intelligence and authenticity and vulnerability. You kind of have to be able to call yourself out yeah. as a leader, I think, and to just say, well, this might be an issue, but this is how I'm going to fix it. Because and it's be all- open. And be open with others to call you out. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. sometimes people seek permission to do that. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the world isn't perfect and people react differently. Yeah, uh, we, yeah. I always ask people, you know, please call me out if, if you feel that my language isn't appropriate to the conversation, to your culture. And I always ask, how do I pronounce names? Because... Mm-hmm. Um, that's an unconscious bias by guessing type yeah. of thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's 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 not right. Yes, yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree on that one, definitely. And and so in terms of what's happening at, at RS over the next six, nine, 12 months, what's on your list or what's on your desk that you can share with us that's exciting? <laughs> um, so, so if I look at it from a business context, uh, first of all, you, you know, we are looking to evolve our proposition to offer more solutions to support our customers because we want to be first choice mm-hmm. for our customers, our suppliers, our people um, and our shareholders. We are, a, we are a PLC. So we continually to do that. We've launched our four ESG goals, um, which are around advancing sustainability, championing education and innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, empowering our people and doing business responsibly but we don't want that to be an add-on how do we weave that into everything yeah. that we do into mm-hmm. our culture into the decisions that we're making on a day-to-day and, and from a people perspective it's bringing our strategy to life even more our RS way and how every person in every role contributes yes. um, so we're investing a lot of time and effort in being the purpose-led culture, mm-hmm. helping leaders create, evolve and bring to life their purpose. You know, not just have it in words in a book and when someone yeah. goes, what's their purpose? They go, oh, let me just look back in my notebook. It's in, in their actions that they're doing every day, how they 
how they are, but also encouraging people to share that mm-hmm. and, and to share their, their leadership purpose with, with each other. Um, and we've even started, you know, putting it on some of our emails. Just really, it's something that you have to put continued thought into to go, today, when I reflect back, have I brought my purpose to life? Yes. You know, and my leadership purpose is to create an environment where anyone can flourish and fulfill their potential, whatever that potential may be. You know, it doesn't mean everybody wants to be CEO. It just might might be they want to be a great customer service advisor. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've got to create the right environment for that to happen. Definitely. And give people the tools to bring it to life and keep it alive as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we've, we've just done some work with an organisation to help them create the positive indicators of their their values and their purpose. So everybody now within the business has a list of behaviours that demonstrate the purpose and the values, which I think can be can be helpful. Because it, it has to go beyond just the writing on the wall or the oh, yeah. handbook. Or so you, you have to. I think you really have to work at keeping it alive for a time until it becomes ingrained. Yeah, because it takes, what, 13 to 16 weeks to change a behaviour and, and to, to create it as, as a, you know, a habitual behaviour. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of our, our leadership meetings, we, we say, have you seen me exhibit this this purpose, this way of working? We, we make sure we craft out time to talk about it and give each other feedback. Yeah, yeah. Um, open feedback. And mm-hmm. first couple of ones, it was a bit uncomfortable, but, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They now know it's a, a it's an agenda item. Yes, yeah, that's brilliant. That's <laughs> One to be prepared for every everyone, yeah. and they know it won't go. You, yes, you know, they know it won't go. Just as I do a check in with everybody, they know it's something that isn't going to suddenly go away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Emma, I've really enjoyed speaking with you. So thank you for sharing your story and sharing your time. It's been great to hear all about your uh, your journey into leadership. I've loved it. I loved it. And I, and I think it's such an important topic. You know, you don't need to be a manager to be a leader. And the more leaders mm-hmm. that we have in our organisations, then I think Britain will do okay. Yeah.